This is a place where we discuss making peace with our mind, body and soul, usually over a cup of tea. So I encourage you to pop your kettle on and join me with a brew. Thank you for listening. Hello everybody, welcome back to The Missing Peace. My name is Becca and this is quite a special moment I feel because I've actually got a guest on the show. Shut the front door, eh? First time since the start of the year, really. Oh, by the way, we might have a third guest on the show, which is Bomber, and he's breathing because he's about like 30 centimetres away from my phone right now as I record. <laughs> so hopefully that's a nice ambient sound. But yeah, we've had Holly Berry on the show and me and Holly met, actually, or we have physically met, but um, learned about each other, I guess, on what is something that's called a Facebook community called Love Her Wild. Now, Holly mentions that in the uh, recording, so I wanted to just explain a little bit about that. But um, essentially, Love Her Wild is a, a really lovely Facebook community for any women who are or people who identify as female for wanting to get outdoors and have that kind of sense of community. And there's different branches around the UK and they can run free events, um, you know, meetups kind of outdoors could be from walking to running to swimming to whatever and some can be paid events too but essentially it's, it is a really lovely warm community and very supportive community and that's not always easy to find online so yeah um holly mentioned on there that she was starting a podcast and i sound really interested in her podcast because it's called moments in nature and we've recorded an episode with me as well which will air i don't know when that'll air but it'll be um a little while from now but yeah, so essentially this conversation was really lovely because, well, from a very personal perspective, I guess, I feel like um, I was a bit nervous getting back to guest recordings and didn't really feel like I had too much energy this morning. But actually realizing that you can get so much energy from having these these meaningful conversations with somebody and I feel like my kind of inspiration and my desire to record the podcast and guest episodes has increased again after talking to Holly. And um the aim for this episode and guest episodes going forward is to just see where they end up, you know, no pressure to cover a particular topic, but just trust the process and, and what we talk about. And so in this episode, me and Holly talk about managing stress um, and how we can do that in a very a realistic way, in a way that's um, very much what we need as opposed to maybe what we think we need or someone else tells us what we need. It's finding that way of caring for ourselves that's true to us. So that's something that um, we talk about there and, and Holly shares what works for her and how she's got to that place. Because also there is that and that we cover that is how do we, you know, how do we begin to care for ourselves? Um, you know, when there's that idea that we should be, you know, caring for other people first, putting other people first, or perhaps just not having the time to do so. So that's um, a really interesting insight from Holly on how she manages that. And she has a very, you know, a very full, a full week of a full life with lots of things. Um, and so it's really interesting hearing from her and I think inspirational as well to how she has a lot of things going on, but finds what works for her throughout it. And also the importance of um, creativity and being able to have creativity and bring that into our lives without the pressure. Same with the, you know, self-care without the pressure, releasing that pressure. Um, and really that, you know, Holly's just, um, just 
you know, graduated as a, as a clinical psychologist. And so, you know, you get that idea that someone who's studying a science like that maybe isn't creative, but, you know, it's really important to know that, um, absolutely these identities we can get really tied to, but that, and Holly believes that creativity is a really important aspect of our lives. And I guess, um, is that part of how we show up in the world? Perhaps it is, um, which we talk about a bit as well, but also that having on being able to take personal responsibility for our behaviors and our actions and our choices in life. And Holly shares about how we can have those kind of vulnerable conversations with people who are important to us. And when we know that maybe our behavior isn't quite, um, maybe isn't quite supportive for them either, because maybe we're stressed and being able to have the conversation about being really vulnerable and, and, you know, kind of sharing, um, I guess it's like sharing from maybe the hole that we're in and, you know, sharing in a way that we'll hopefully be able to, to have somebody understand what we're, we're going through and empathize with that and then be able to work together because, you know, if we're not really caring for ourselves and we're kind of, we're in a stressed state and, and so on, it's very hard to be, to, to, you know, kind of be our, I don't want to say best selves is the right word, but you know, to to show up really as our, our true selves in the world because we're affected by all these things going on for us. But when we realize the impact that might be having on people that are important to us, um, we have, I believe, and Holly believes, a responsibility to work on that. And how can we do so? How can we have them vulnerable conversations um, and communicate with people when we might be struggling with these kind of things? Um, and yeah, we kind of have the theme of uh, nature and the threads of the seasons and cyclical work throughout all this, which, you know, is, is, you know, it's, it's really quite obvious. I mean, Polly, Holly's Polly. Huh? Hey, 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 Polly. There's a fourth person on this podcast today, but, um, Holly's podcast, that is moments in nature because, you know, that's, um, it's all about transitional moments in nature, which we talk about as well. And the community that she's looking to set up as well and begin in January, which you can all find in the link below to her website, which is going to launch mid-November. So it's not quite live now, but it is there, um, hopefully for a few weeks time, but yeah, just that connection to nature and how all this reflects. And she has some really, something that got me really thinking about, how we flow with our seasons in our life, but also how that's reflected in, in the respect of climate change as well. So I found that really cool. But yeah, anyways, I'm rumbling on now. So let me shut up and let Holly have her say. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Do check out the links below. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. And um, I'll put the Love Her Wild community link below as well if that's something that you're interested in and like I said there's kind of regional ones as well to to look out for on Facebook so yeah enjoy everybody hi Holly welcome to the podcast how are you today yeah I'm good thanks yeah um glad for the extra hour sleep last night oh yeah (laughs) yeah felt quite restful yeah, definitely. I had a uh, quite long sleep, so yeah, it was good. Oh, that's really good. See, I always end up waking up at the same time. Can you keep going? Yeah, kind of- yeah. Oh. Uh, so that was really nice, just having some time to sleep and, and relax this morning by reading and then stuff like that. So that was good. Oh, nice. That's a nice setup for the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Oh, lovely. Um, would you mind just kind of sharing, I guess, a little bit about 
how life is at the moment for you painting I guess a picture of uh yeah how things are for you yes I've just started teeny jobs um like kind of the first one is a qualified clinical psychologist um which I've been training for for about five years so it's uh quite chaotic um working quite a lot uh and um yeah I just feel quite stressed at the moment um with you know just all that going on and and kind of as well like trying to set up my own podcasts and and try and set up a potential business and things like that so there seems to be a lot going on at the same time yeah yeah Yeah, gosh yeah that sounds a lot like and well congratulations in in finishing and uh now becoming a clinical psychologist that must uh must be quite nice to have got to the end of that but I guess it's now the next stage isn't it of like starting the work and and yeah if you're looking to set up your own business and things as well yeah it's uh, still ongoing I guess yeah yeah it really is it feels like I didn't give myself much of a break I, I went away for Europe to Europe um for four weeks over the summer traveling around on my own which is really nice but um it feels since September I've just launched myself into everything I've wanted to do all at once rather than kind of <laughs> thinking oh, I'll take this slowly yeah yeah how are you um finding managing that how do you manage your stress levels um I guess during the week this week I've really noticed that I haven't um so kind of yeah getting snappy at times and um kind of noticing that I haven't been managing them but um yesterday I was able to do uh, a 10k Halloween walk around London um which is like part of an event and that it just reminded me of the need to exercise mm. um and how that can kind of just filter um that you know, all yesterday, for example, all I was focusing on was kind of walking as fast as I can because I had a time target and everything else just went from my mind um, and just just pushing myself to kind of get to that time target, really. Um, yeah, everything else, all the worries, just I couldn't focus on them. And for two hours, that was really nice. Um, and it, it feels today that I've kind of, I'm a little bit less stressed than I have been um it's kind of the importance of that and Mm. you know I I do really enjoy walking but I don't know sometimes I just forget and I think there's different types of walking I think sometimes we can go for walks and even though we're surrounded in like beautiful nature our head can be still consumed by the thoughts of work um and it doesn't give us a chance to kind of just be in the moment even though in nature it's I think different things work for different people mm-hmm. um, and for me it's it's a challenge of something physically challenging helps me to get into the present moment but if, it, if it's just a general stroll in nature I do still struggle at times to kind of fully appreciate the scenery around me I guess. Yeah no totally get that's a really I think that's a really important thing to say actually because we quite often say get out in nature and go for a walk and like it'll clear your mind but I also have the same thing and sometimes I go out and that ends up being my thinking time and I realize that I've not really been that that present I guess and that mindful but it's really great that you've found that 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 bit of a challenge has been able to kind of yeah focus your mind for a couple of hours and 
then the actual after effects of that as well that have continued um, through into to today as well. So how for you do you think you'll be able to kind of incorporate in that? Because I know you mentioned before there's there's a lot of hours of work and I'm, I'm sure people who listen are like, how do I actually fit in all these ways of being able to yeah manage my stress? Yeah, I think um, I think just kind of scheduling in for me one one thing a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of you know yesterday it was it was a two hour walk, and the benefits of that is is well beyond the two hours. And even though I kind of travelled to get there because the event was actually um, quite a bit from where I'm living, but it can be just kind of you park run you know, um, every Saturday morning or something similar to that in which, you know, you're either being in nature or pushing yourself to kind of get a certain time. It is whatever works for for everybody. And, and, uh, you know, park runs early on a Saturday morning. It's that kind of um, regularity of that and having that kind of time for that yeah no that's um no that's really good absolutely like you said and I like that you said it's kind of the one thing you're choosing because often we go right I need to manage my stress or I need to feel better or self-care or whatever and we go right I'm going to do this every day and you know and somehow fit something into our routine that we haven't had for a long time and you've chosen Mm -hmm. something that's attainable and you know that there's a benefit that actually throw flows throughout do you ever or have you, have you previously had that struggle of going, do you know what, I'm going to pick one thing and I know that that's going to be enough? Is there sometimes a pressure to do more or, or have you been able to kind of just go, no, that's that's enough, that, that will help enough? I think it depends what it is. So, you know, I used to think, oh, I have to kind of meditate every day or journal every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a pressure to do that every day. And to kind of do more of it. And I think it's because neither of those things really helped me. I was doing them because, you know, self-care in society is like mindfulness every day. It's journaling every day. It's having that bath. But actually, not everybody, that doesn't work for everybody. And actually, since I've found something that does work for me, um, I'm, I don't feel pressured to do it every day because I know that the fitness will still be there. Um, I'm, I'm quite lucky, so I don't drive. So I, I do walk quite a lot day to day. So that's why the fitness is still there, even without kind of going to gym and, and things like that, really. Um, but yeah, I do I do get that, um, especially like if you're training for a marathon or training for a big event or, you know, whatever that big event is, we feel a need to kind of train and train as much as we can to go into gym three, four times a week. And, and sometimes we don't have the time for that. And that stuff might help us. But then the pressure of, oh, I've got to do this four times a week and not having the time for that kind of also stresses us out and thinks, oh, I'm rubbish at this like looking after myself I can't even you know do it as much as I want to and and that then adds to that pressure of that we get from either job or or whatever gives us pressure in our lives the kind of act of self-care can actually become another pressure and another kind of expectation that we're not meeting for ourselves Mm, 
Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good point, because I think that you mentioned for the journaling and the meditation, which can be really great for people, um, mm -hmm. but it's about finding what works for you. But what often, I guess, we, I don't know what if it's because we're living in this world where there's, there's constantly someone telling us what we need, and being able to listen to what ourselves telling us what we need and what's going to help us and break away from the fact that it has to be a particular type of routine every day as such and something every day because yeah if we're, we're doing that then like you said that pressure can come in or we can't fit it in and then we, we beat ourselves up because we didn't achieve what we said we'd achieve and it's this culture we're in that's constantly like do 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 and achieve 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 and I don't know if that all kind of do you think that all links together I wonder because it's achieving self-care isn't it it's achieving something else and and to me when I was trying to do that it was another thing on my to-do list mm. rather than actually enjoying it and actually like getting benefits from it it felt like something I had to do yeah yeah that's really interesting because I think this is kind of part of my journey as well but I look at like um I think when I first looked at you know, Tony Robbins and and the kind of stuff that he was talking about and then saying about like how you create kind of like an intention list or a schedule list for the day and putting the thing you in it as well type thing and, and I and I understand it and creating that kind of habit and that routine but but then yeah like you said self-care can then become a to-do rather than a just I, I don't know, I guess actually feeling to what in what we actually really need rather than they, it just becomes something even, ex, I don't know, yeah, like externalised a little bit. Like it's a, it's a tick list. It's, yeah. um, and then, yeah. So how have you found the journey then from, from going from, you know, trying the journaling meditation every day, for example, and now being able to listen to yourself? How have you been able to come to that on your journey of, of I guess, mental health and self-care? Um, I think it was when, so I had difficulties like on training. Um, it took me two years longer than it, it should have done. And it was kind of, you know, I was failing thing, failing assignments and things like that. So I really had to, at that stage, um, learn what I needed. And especially with having, so I've got rheumatoid arthritis as well. Okay. So I needed to learn how to manage rheumatoid arthritis alongside training and alongside um kind of that pressure and stress and that's when I was really forced to look at what do I want what do I need mm. and um I signed up to a Hadrian's Wall walk I'd never done a multi-day walk before and it was this um this six-day walk with this group who I'd never met you know an organized tour group on my own going on my own with them um, I remember my partner saying, oh, you've signed up for what? What are you doing? <laughs> and that kind of gave me that, um, it gave me something to focus on. And although for that, I did kind of feel, okay, I need to go to gym three times a week, which I, I did do um, because I had the time to do that. Um, doing the Hadrian's Wall Walk itself really showed me how much I love kind of, it was, it was a challenge. It was the first multi-day walk I'd done. But kind of it, it showed me how much of a challenge in nature can get me into this kind of mindset where I can just forget about everything else. Mm. And I remember walking along and, and kind of there were times that I hated walking this, uh, this trail, but there were times where I absolutely loved it. And I had this like massive smile on my face. And yeah, and I think, I think that really caused me to question what I want 
and and what I need for myself. Um, mm-hmm. So alongside kind of the walking, I also spend try and spend you know one day in bed, like reading a week and and just kind of reading newspapers and and reading magazines and stuff. I know, so this week I haven't been able to do that really, but I've still kind of spent, you know, a couple of hours in bed where I can, like dotted around, um, just to kind of give myself the rest as well. And, you know, um, I don't have kids at the moment, so it might change again when I have kids to have the time to do that. And, I guess it's at those kind of crunch points or, you know, transition points that we ask ourselves what we need um, mm. rather than like what is the kind of prescribed thing to do. Yeah, no, that's um, that's really interesting, isn't it? Like you kind of, that transition point of, of the, the stress and managing the rheumatoid arthritis and, and assignments and all of that and then going on a journey and, and I Hadrian's Wall was my first multi-day walk as well actually so I can completely relate to the whole sometimes you just you're so sick of walking and you're so done with it but then you get these incredible highs I guess of being really in flow with nature and with yourself and taking that time that importance of taking that time to really question what do I need and what do I I guess want in my life and how does that look going forward so so yeah that's um sounds like a really kind of beautiful journey to go on really I imagine tough at times but but yeah beautiful to kind of be able to be in this place now where you're able to kind of have a an idea of what self-care is for you and what and what you need yeah yeah definitely because it, it does relate to that kind of pressure of you know trying to before for me it was trying to have 10 minute mindfulness session every day and trying to journal and I just didn't and then I felt guilty for not and it added to I say my to-do list but now I'm at a place where I do know what I need and and it isn't that and actually I feel a lot better for having taken that off my to-do list oh that's so good yeah it's really great that you've managed to find that for yourself there yeah um so Speaking of your podcast as well, you obviously mentioned you started that that podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's about um, kind of transformational moments in nature. Mm. Um, kind of moments in nature that have been a bit of a light bulb moment, I guess, for want of a better word. Um, and I've, I've got a, a different guest each time talking about kind of what nature means to them, how, how the na- relationship with nature might have changed. Um, and, you know, maybe picking out a couple of those moments that have been really, like, significant for them. Yeah. Um, and then kind of using creative writing, so, like, poems or short stories or songs to kind of um, that that say something about their relationship with nature as well yeah yeah so there's yeah those big potentially big or transitional like you said those those pivotal moments in nature um and yeah how that yeah where does that idea come from is that from your own journey that you were sort of talking about before I think so to be honest with you I don't um really know where it's come from it I, I didn't even I was thinking about this the other day I I didn't even know where the idea for doing a podcast came from, to be honest. I'm just, um, I just ended up doing one. Um, yeah. You just fell into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, 
love her wild community is actually really um motivational so i think somebody on now is setting up a podcast and i think that kind of set a seed and i was like ah, oh, okay that'd be quite a good thing yeah. maybe to try out and um yeah it's just turned out like that really i think sometimes life can turn out yeah. like that um you just end up doing something that you didn't think you would you didn't really plan it that much and actually hope you know just see where it goes I guess yeah no that's a, re- that's a really nice thing that isn't it the kind of just I kind of thought about this this morning as well as kind of like the sliding door moments sometimes as well of just kind of like um just go with the flow of what comes up and you might not know what on earth the end goal is going to be there doesn't have to be an end goal does there it pre- mm-hmm. could just be purely for the enjoyment of it and that's I guess is, is a goal in itself, isn't it? But um, but but yeah, being able to just go with what kind of comes up and letting that letting that be. Um, how do you? Because I mean, this is a bit bit of a stereotype here, but obviously you've got um, you know, this creative side to you, which I think we we all have. But um, I think a lot of people have the impression that maybe someone who who studies psychology doesn't always have that kind of creative side. And what are your your thoughts on that kind of those that stereotype or, or even just in general I guess stereotypes about maybe the work we do and then as saying to ourselves well I don't have that flow I don't have that creativity what are your kind of I guess thoughts on that yeah it reminds me of um I went for a walk with uh, somebody I just met in June and I said oh I'm doing psychology and their kind of first thought was oh you're very scientific then you're not you know very spiritual you're not this and and it was kind of being put into a box and I was thinking oh actually you know I am spiritual and I'm creative and I've I've got loads of ideas and um yeah I, I, it's interesting isn't it so you know when we tell when I tell people what I'm doing as a career it, it does kind of um lead to kind of thoughts about what who I might be um mm-hmm. and for me I think I'm so I've always been so open-minded and so willing to try anything that um that I'm I'm quite difficult to read I'm quite um novel I just yeah um yeah um I think creativity though is so important to our mental health and mental well-being um because I think it's both isn't it it's Mm. um yeah does that answer that yeah 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 I guess that definitely like kind of breaking down that um the stereotype that we can have off all that feeling of like I don't know I guess black and white you're scientific or you're creative um which can often be defined by or we feel is defined by our job title like you said Mm -hmm. there but that you've always had that creativity and we've always got like we've all got that creativity in us do you have any kind of um I guess recommendations of how somebody would like to ex- begin exploring their creativity perhaps um especially if it's something they've not done or they've maybe got this idea of what creativity is even mm-hmm. kind of starting point ideas yeah I think for me personally it links to that don't put pressure on yourself mm. whether that's you know having an end goal of oh I want to be really good at this within such a time frame it's in doing it for enjoyment yeah. um and seeing what turns up and then also kind of not thinking you have to do it every day 
because that's going to work for some people but not everyone you know I'm trying to write a book at the moment um I've been writing it since about February and since about May I just haven't had the time to do it and it is kind of niggling at my mind but if I put pressure on myself to do it every day on top of everything else that's going on I'd just give up with it and the plan is to go back to it but I don't want to have that pressure of I need to write such and such a week Mm. um because it just loses the enjoyment from it and I think that's when that creativity gets stilted and and then we're just like oh well I don't have time to be creative at all so I'm just gonna give up um that part of me um yeah it just you know writing a book has been kind of a name of mine for about at least 10 years Mm -hmm. um probably longer to be honest probably since childhood but you know I've just learned to not put loads of pressure on myself to write it by a certain time because otherwise it's just going to put me off the whole process and I won't be creative I won't even try to complete it yeah so it's yeah it's it's that pressure and probably going back to what we were saying before about that kind of self-care as well or this idea that we should be doing something every day and people say that even for like yeah writing the book the process of writing a book if you're going to do that you have to like focus so hard and do this amount per week to achieve that but then you noticing in yourself that that stifles the creativity and then and then I guess we can't we can't do both together can't we can't really kind of then do the the routine side of writing the book and then not have the creativity it doesn't it doesn't work like that um and when you were talking it made me think a bit actually about just the seasons and cycles in life and that reflection in nature of going, you know what, you've wanted to write a book for a long time and you started doing it. Um, but it's not been a kind of the moment the ideas come, it has to be completed straight away. It's like follow that flow and that, and that, that season of, of your life and what that might be. And it might be a longer season than somebody else's, but, but yeah, that kind of does, do you often think that kind of thing about nature and that cyclical process at all? Yeah. Just how, I guess different seasons can occur at different times based on different environments and how, um, for example, with the climate changing, the seasons seem to be slightly shifting Mm. Um, and kind of what's natural and what's kind of being pushed and being changed, like not naturally. And I think when something's natural, you know, that kind of, when those transitions happen naturally, it's just a much smoother process. Mm. Whilst if if it's unnatural, those kind of transitions, um, it can kind of really mess up the wider system. And you can see like the stress in nature when something's happening unnaturally, you know, whether that's kind of um, the leaves just staying on for longer you know the leaves not kind of turning at the right time you know the natural time or whether it's forest fires and and things like that that have been happening um it just it it reminds me of kind of having the right um environment for those natural transitions to take place and how everyone's is going to be different as well yeah yeah that's a really I've never thought of it in in that kind of respect to the seasons changes and, and changing and climate change but that's actually yeah you can see how that's reflecting within like a human cycle as well isn't it like and 
yeah I think that's that's really interesting that's got me thinking actually about that and how yeah it's if we then try and force something or try and do something at the wrong time or there's an even an external pressure to yeah whatever that is in our to complete the book for example or whatever it is um it's it's just not natural for us and it doesn't it doesn't work in the end does it 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 doesn't work there's some sort of I don't know, like a negative impact on that. There's some, there's a price we pay if we try and force something. Um, and I guess as humans, a lot of it, I guess, comes from fear, doesn't it? It's like that must happen now or else, I don't know, I'll never have it or something bad might happen. Um, but actually drawing on those examples from nature is really powerful. Yeah, because it, it shows that if we do try and fo- force something through, it, it can have an impact on the wider like the wider kind of network in our lives as well so like mm. our friends and family whether it's even just kind of that we become more stressed and more kind of uptight and and I think creative is such a natural process as well that kind mm. of forcing it um becomes stilted and kind of becomes not what would have been if it wasn't um forced through i guess mm-hmm. um and in that you know in an ideal world we'd ha- all have as much time as we wanted to be creative so i do get that pressure um that we place upon ourselves to do something in a certain time um because you know we have full-time jobs and, and we think oh we need to do this because otherwise we're never gonna do it because years can just trickle by like i've wanted to do it for 10 years yeah. but it's just knowing that you can't do everything um and being yeah. okay with that and that and that is really difficult mm. yeah yeah absolutely it's good that you acknowledge that because yeah it, it's difficult to not do everything that we want to do and then yeah we get stuck in that tricky place of well then I'm not achieving anything like what am I doing or I'm you know I'm not good enough because I'm not doing all those things I want to do but you know you're somebody who's got a a lot going on at the moment with life's maybe quite full but that's not it's not not necessarily have to feel like a bad thing does it it just feels like okay well what can I manage now how do I manage myself and where and like you said about the process of creation and creativity it can't you lose you actually lose the creativity if you force it or you try and do something and others that are under pressure and the pressure and the things the impact that it has on the wider system as well you know that's really important too because we might not realize it and often we do things because we think other people want us to do things but actually if we did what was right for us it's probably going to have a better effect on on everybody in our lives isn't it when we when we care for ourselves first as hard as it can be when there's maybe pressures of what people think but that's at the core of everything is we kind of want to just um i guess the people around us we want them to be to be happy and if we could yeah focus on knowing that that involves ourselves first but yeah not easy <laughs> no no it's so many people view um self-care as being selfish because yeah. it's not putting others first and it's it's a mindset i think that we get in society that we have to put our partners first or we have to put our kids first we have to put our parents first and it it can be really difficult to kind of step away from that yeah yeah but yeah and I guess what does what does it take to do that do we I know for myself it would be I guess probably really trying to become aware of how I act around people when I'm not maybe caring for myself enough what what are your thoughts on that how do you find 
Or how can we look at going, actually, how do we value ourselves, even in the perspective of others as well? Yeah, I know how snappy I become when mm. I'm not looking after myself. Um, even just, you know, walking um, once a week for me. Um, yeah, I know how snappy I become and how maybe unbearable I might be to live with at certain points because of the stress. Um, and I think other people would probably prefer me to take the time out, you know, whatever that is, whether it's reading, writing, um, walking, then have me snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, having the understanding of how our behaviour does change when we're not kind of caring for ourselves, and then how the impact on others for that. So it's, yeah, I guess it's, um, and that can take a bit of, I guess that can take a bit of time to, to even reflect on sometimes, can't it, when we're really busy to just think, why am I, why am I acting in this way? Or how, how can I stop being perhaps like this for, for someone else? And quite often it does come back to we're making sure we're meeting our needs, really, I guess, in, in that respect. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You see it in yourself in that way. So then seeing how that impacts on someone else. Because you're right, like sometimes we might not even kind of be aware of how our behaviour changes when we are stressed, mm. kind of what our... Um, what our behaviors are um and what our triggers are because we it does it does take a lot of space to reflect on on how we become in certain environments and how we become in under certain situations and and kind of what behaviors are kind of warning signs that something needs to change Mm. um it takes a lot of um kind of reflecting space to kind of figure that out and um i was kind of chatting about this the other day that you know sometimes when I feel a certain way it's it's because others might be behaving in a certain way and kind of the chain reaction between my response to somebody's behavior and how kind of the way when I'm feeling something might tell me something about someone else's behavior or the situation and but it takes time to work that out and it might take conversations with others it might kind of take different uh, like I know, I know we've kind of gone back to this but different things for different people might mm. um it might take somebody else saying to them are you always like that way when you're stressed you know you act you become more kind of withdrawn when you're stressed or you do this when you're stressed um but yeah different different ways of, of identifying what's going on I guess yeah yeah it's um they said people can be that kind of mirror back to ourselves and and we don't even realize do we that we've done that but they'll they'll automatically say something it reminds me of when I worked night shifts for about six months or kind of well a mixture of nights and days and coming off them and my mum just being like oh finally I've got my daughter back you were and you were you were really you know you were really stressed and you were snappy and you were irritable and you weren't happy but she didn't really say that to me throughout it and um so quite often when we don't think maybe someone has noticed something they they can actually if we can have that that open and honest conversation um a vulnerable conversation I guess and, and work out how you can then work together and what can they they can how can they support you in coming more to that awareness of what's going on and like the space for it and 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 like you mentioned as well again it's another difficult thing to fit in but but yeah we're all different and what's going to work for us and um yeah being in this world where quite often we're sort of told this is how we do something but actually just coming to ourselves and thinking like okay we're all different what feels right for me I guess Mm -hmm. yeah it's probably a big part of it 
And it does take vulnerability, as you said as well, um, mm. vulnerable conversation and and kind of the person hearing it to to allow themselves to be vulnerable rather than kind of um, defensive and, and kind of not wanting to hear it. And because and some, you know, if I get told I'm being snappy, I, like, I know I am, but I don't, it makes me stressed as well because I don't want to be like that. And yeah, yeah. it's, you know, then I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, it it kind of automatically can set off a defense. Um, and it takes a lot to be vulnerable and go like, yeah, you know what? I am really struggling. Can, can you support me in this way? It takes a lot of courage to be able to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, even if you know someone's saying I've been snappy, it's, it can still it's a react you're going to react to it aren't you because um yeah there's there's a part of you that's hurt by it um Mm -hmm. so that's that's not an easy thing to do but I guess how do we do that I guess we do that do we do that because we've are we able to have them conversations because we really realize that this is having an impact on our relationships and communication is that like what's going to be the what to you do you think is the is the driver to be able to have that vulnerability to have those conversations I think, um, like for me personally, I've always been um, willing and able on some levels to have those conversations. I've always been quite a reflective person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, I think it can be when it's impacting something that you really care about. So mm-hmm. for me, like when it was impacting on my training or impacting on my relationship, my partner, um, that really is kind of the moment when I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be like this, you know, um, and it, it could be like kind of your relationship with yourself as well and, and kind of relationship with how you show up in this world. So I've got um, a tattoo on my arm of like a water boys lyric and it means quite a lot to me, like what show of soul are we going to get from you? And that to me is kind of, how are we how are you how are you going to show up in this world how do you want to show up and I think that's what allows me to be vulnerable and able to see those points that I might not like of myself or might not be kind of wanting to see of myself Mm. um because you know we do have a choice every day of how how we show up in this world and it's only by becoming aware of how we are showing up that we can potentially change that yeah yeah no I I love that that's that's yeah really a great summary and I guess of of everything we've been talking about isn't it it's coming back to what do we what do we want to do with our lives and how do we want to show up in the world and um as hard as it is but kind of taking responsibility for yeah how we can actually make those choices and and what we care about if we care about something we've got a responsibility in that to 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 work on it and change it and it and it really does come back to us as, as hard as that can be because quite often it's easy to blame something else but actually where's where's our role in all of that so so yeah I think that's um a really good like ending actually to just kind of a good summering tying everything together there so there's um, a there's yeah. a saying that sums up that really well it's it might not be your fault but it's your responsibility Oh, I like that. Yeah. Who said that? Or is it one of them anonymous ones? Um, it's something that's said a lot in compassion focused therapy, but mm. I'm not sure who um 
who kind of said it, but yeah, it's kind of one of the key principles of compassion-focused therapy, uh, that it might not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yeah, that's really nice. And it's got the compassion thread right through that that sentence, hasn't it? Sums it brilliantly. So yeah. Well, lovely. Thank you so much for coming on and and talking, Holly. Um, What is your podcast? Uh, Can you share where people can find that? Yeah, so it's called Moments in Nature, um, and it's on my website. Um, yeah, which yeah. I'll give we'll you the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, we'll put all that in the show notes below if anybody wants to kind of um, take a listen. So, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be on there as well. So, uh, if you want to check that out, God knows what we'll talk about. <laughs> That's coming up next. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, thank you very much, Holly, and uh, it's pleasure been speaking. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Just before you go, I wanted to say another big thank you for listening. And if you would be able to support the podcast, I would really ask this favor of being able to share the episode or the podcast or to rate on Spotify or even review on Apple, as these are great ways to get my podcast out there to more people. I'm not on social media anymore sharing my podcast. So your support is really, really vital. Thank you so, so much. And there are other links below if you want to explore my Substack letter or even to buy me a tea. Thank you, everyone. Bye.